The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Hurricane Katrina was the most devastating storm to hit the Gulf Coast in modern times. More than five years later, hundreds of thousands of residents of New Orleans and the other Gulf Coast cities and towns are still feeling the effects of this powerful storm. Many homes in the city will never be repaired, and some people are not sure that this will not happen again, so have chosen to not return to their homes. Maybe you are one of those people, or you know someone who is. Maybe you have moved to Texas or another state hoping to put behind you what was the worst event in your life. For those of you who are back in the Big Easy, you're hoping for the best. You want the good times to roll again. Hopefully, many of you will want to think about the lessons you can learn about Katrina. Why did it happen? How can you prepare for the future? Well, today I want to talk about the future. Are you ready? Do you realize that there is a lesson to be learned for all of us in the wake of this terrible disaster? The lesson is not just about surviving a hurricane. It's about a far more important lesson, and it has to do with ensuring we survive whatever comes our way in the future. Many movie makers love to make films about the end of the world, but you will have noticed how everything always seems to work out for the best in the end, with a savior arriving just in time. Well, believe it or not, that is what is going to happen. Jesus Christ, who is the savior of the world, is going to arrive just in time to save us from our own destruction. Right now, the world has enough nuclear weapons to destroy the whole planet many times over. But God will save us before we destroy ourselves. The Bible tells us that the world will not end in cosmicide. God is going to intervene. And the Bible tells us, though, that before it gets better, it will get a whole lot worse. But we know that God's true servants will be protected and survive. There is a way to prepare for the times ahead. For those who trust in God and turn their lives over to him, there is an assurance that they will survive the great disasters that are coming. Let me tell you about the perfect storm that is developing in our world. Stay tuned. May I extend a warm welcome to all of our Tomorrow's World viewers, and especially if you are joining us for the first time. The events of September 2005 still resonate with millions of people. They remember where they were when Hurricane Katrina crossed the coast and slammed into New Orleans and the other communities along the Gulf Coast. More than five years later, the aftershocks are still being felt, and though New Orleans is working again, lessons have been learned. The real question is, are we ready for another Katrina? Other possible catastrophes are also predicted. Seismologists, for example, continue to talk about an earthquake they call the big one in California. That'll be when the pressures and the tensions of the San Andreas Fault give way, 
and the greatest earthquake in America's history could very well take place. You can know what lies ahead for America and other parts of the world if you understand Bible prophecy. God has told us ahead of time what will happen to our nations in the pages of the Bible. And so to help you understand, we have prepared a booklet for you. Here it is, Prophecy Fulfilled, God's Hand in World Affairs. Phone the number on the screen and we will send you a copy free of charge. Call now. And if for some reason you cannot get through on your first attempt, we will give you the number to call throughout the program. So have pen and paper ready to jot down the number. Why did I choose Hurricane Katrina to introduce this program? Well, the reason is twofold. The first is that this one single storm in 2005 It was almost like another 9-11 in the minds of many. It cost $81 billion in damage and destruction. And according to the National Hurricane Center, 1,800 people lost their lives and more than 100,000 homes were destroyed in New Orleans alone, making it the most expensive hurricane in U.S. history. Now, the second reason I chose this story of terrifying consequences is that it mirrors so well what God prophesied in the book of Hosea in the Old Testament. This prophecy is directed toward the modern-day descendants of ancient Israel. At tomorrow's world, we understand that these people are to be found in northwestern Europe and the British Isles today, as well as the United States and the British people countries around the globe. Many of you have already proven this important fact and now understand the nightly news on television in a whole new light. Let me read what Hosea says. Hosea chapter 8 verse 7 says, They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. What is that talking about? We're not talking about a small twister, but a huge cyclonic depression packed with the power of many nuclear warheads. Let me show you what it means by they sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. It is not a cryptic puzzle which we cannot understand. You can be aware that it is talking about, listen to this, the moral and religious state of our modern Western countries. We're witnessing all around us the results of more than 50 years of social madness. In the 1960s and beyond, Liberal-thinking people in the media, schools, and even the churches taught a new morality, which was anything but new or moral. It was plainly immoral and as old as Satan himself who had deceived this world for thousands of years with his lies. We were told that sex outside of marriage was now okay and that cheating on exams, well, that was not that bad. And any form of discipline for children had now become barbaric. Good was bad and bad was good. What results do we see today around us so many years after this? We are witnessing a whirlwind of social trauma and heartache for many. And no one is prepared to say it like it is. Can you see the results around you? I know you can. And more importantly, God does. We're going to go back to an Old Testament prophecy, Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus Chapter 26, verse 14. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, 
I will also do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you. What is the most common word on your lips today? It is terrorism. God warned us that if we despise his commandments, he would send terror upon us. Let us notice verse 17. He says, I will set my face against you and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you. And it says, you shall flee when no one pursues you. Think of the long lines at the airport having to pass through security checks because of terrorist risks. We're told to arrive up to three hours early before a flight so that our belongings can be searched. Jackets, belts and shoes have to be removed. Our bags are x-rayed and some have even had the indignity of being strip searched. All of this is because we fear what could become a disaster in the air. What started out as a seemingly harmless, gentle breeze of change became a tempest. And from a tempest, it grew to be a hurricane of powerful proportions. We're experiencing its devastating consequences. Will it end or will it get worse? Let's continue here in Leviticus chapter 26 and in verse 18. And after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. What is the pride of our power? Well, the United States of America is still the most powerful military force in the world. But for how long? The Chinese and other nations would like to take her place. With ever-increasing debts, Uncle Sam will not be able to protect American interests abroad for much longer. Cuts in defense spending are on their way. Expect to hear about the reduction in the number of U.S. Navy carrier-based battle groups. Great Britain has recently slashed her defense budget, and two aircraft carriers being built would have been scrapped, but have recently survived the chop. But listen to this. The British government now says they will be built, but they will not have any planes on them for some years. Britain simply cannot afford them. All this is in line with what God prophesied would come to pass. You are living through amazing prophetic times. If you would like to know what lies ahead for this world, phone now for your free copy of Prophecy Fulfilled, God's Hand in World Affairs. Now you may want to order your copy online, so go to tomorrowsworld.org. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. 
Welcome back to our program. Today we're discussing the consequences that have come upon us for rejecting God's holy laws. We've highlighted a passage in Hosea that speaks to our generation today. Here it is. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. This is referring to the way of life we choose to live as being like a mild wind at first that then grows into a roaring hurricane or tornado. We've considered the effects that many people are suffering because they have been told a lie by their leaders and teachers. And that lie is this. You can live your life however you want and there'll not be any evil consequences. But the Bible says otherwise. Here in Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6 and in verse 7, we are told by the Apostle Paul, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. There was a time when our leaders were not afraid to acknowledge God as the great benefactor. Abraham Lincoln made a proclamation to the people of the United States in 1863. He said, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. British wartime Prime Minister Winston Churchill said while addressing a joint session of Congress in December of 1941, he said, He must indeed have a blind soul who cannot see that some great purpose and design is being worked out here below of which we have the honour to be the faithful servants. And then President Ronald Reagan made a speech to the first annual political action caucus on January the 25th of 1974, and he said, I have always believed that there was some divine plan that placed this great continent between two oceans to be sought out by those who were possessed of an abiding love of freedom and a special kind of courage. Can you see that there is a battle raging today between those who don't believe that God exists and those who do? Those who don't believe he exists are becoming more hateful and angry at those who do believe in God. Believe it or not, this was actually prophesied in your Bible. In fact, if we listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, who wrote the following nearly 2,000 years ago, we will find it most appropriate. Let's turn there to Second Timothy Chapter 3 and verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, there is a man in the United Kingdom a man by the name of Richard Dawkins, formerly the Professor of Public Understanding of Science at Oxford University. And in his book, The God Delusion, on page 51, he said this. He said, The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. He then wrote on page 348, Faith can be very, very dangerous, and deliberately to implant it into the vulnerable mind of an innocent child is a grievous wrong. Is that true? I think many of you believe it's a grievous wrong to not teach your children good values about God. 
that will lead to their happiness. We only have to look at the end result of following the basic philosophy of evolution, which is survival of the fittest. And what is the end result? Well, it leads to a dog-eat-dog world of greed. There's a new religion on the streets. It's called the way of get and greed. Its message is, get it before someone else gets it. Get it no matter what the cost. It doesn't matter who you hurt along the way as long as you win. Do you remember the famous line from the 1987 movie Wall Street where Michael Douglas played the part of Gordon Gecko, and he said, The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Well, it's not. It's not good. And God's word tells us that covetousness, which is an old word for greed, is a sin. In fact, it is the last of the Ten Commandments. And it's just a short four words that says, you shall not covet. Imagine how much better the world would be if we did not covet after things that we cannot afford. Something's terribly wrong with our world and our grandparents and great-grandparents who would have stood up and told us this way of thinking is wrong are sadly no longer with us. Rather, in their place, a new generation of atheistic teachers tell us it's okay to sin. Do you want to know what God says about the future? I want to show you how you can fireproof yourself and your family from the impact of an evil generation. So phone now or go to our website to request your copy of Prophecy Fulfilled. This booklet will show you how God has already intervened in world affairs and is about to do so again in the greatest way since Noah survived the flood. Call the number we will give you or go to tomorrowsworld.org to order your free copy of our booklet. You will read how God has intervened in world affairs to either bless and promote nations or to deal with others who have rejected his holy word. He tells us in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 23, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? And then again in verse 32, For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. And then he says, Therefore, turn and live. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be happy. He doesn't want us to die from our sins. The prophet Jeremiah also spoke of God's great mercy and love for us in Jeremiah chapter 18, and we're going to read verses 2 and then 6 to 8. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then in verse 6 it says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Now in verse 8 it says, If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. God wants us to pray for our leaders, that they will rule us wisely and in God's ways. He wants us to be a light for good in our communities and neighborhoods. He wants our nations to prosper and excel. But if they will not repent, then what are we to do personally? We should not go along with the evil around us, but rather set our minds and hearts to obey him, though others around us do not do so. 
and so could bring ridicule and derision upon us. God tells us in verse 11 of Jeremiah chapter 18, let's drop down to verse 11, it says in the latter part, Return now, everyone, from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. Isaiah joins in with God's helpful words in chapter 33 and verse 14, and in the latter part it says, Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? The answer is in the next verse. It says, He who walks uprightly and speaks uprightly, he who despises the gain of oppressions, who gestures with his hands refusing bribes, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Now verse 16, he will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. It's hard to believe that in a time of national calamity, God promises his people the basics of life, bread and water. This is what we have just read. Our free booklet, Prophecy Fulfilled, gives you a plan for life. If you want to know how you can get ahead of the game that this world is playing, if you want to work out a plan of action, this booklet will set you on your way. In fact, let me read to you what Roderick Meredith, who writes the book, says in this booklet. Get ready. Humbly seek God and his revealed will in the Holy Bible. Be willing to do what God says. Then God's intervention will be an awesome blessing to you and your family. So write down the number that we're about to give you and call for your personal copy of the booklet, Prophecy Fulfilled, God's Hand in World Affairs. Call now. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. The title of this program is Reaping the Whirlwind. In the world of meteorology or weather prediction, there are two events that are the most destructive. They are hurricanes and tornadoes. So for those of you living in the Midwest or the Gulf Coast of the United States, you know that these two, two phenomena are unbelievably dangerous. Every late summer, we know that the nightly news is going to bring images of the latest twister to cut a swathe of destruction through Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri and Indiana. And we also know that the Gulf Coast stands right in the path of hurricanes that have been superheated in the Caribbean. One year is not as bad as the next, but we know that every 15 years or so, a powerful Katrina-type storm will come through like a railroad train out of control, leaving death and destruction behind it. Why do these things happen? Scientists will tell you that it is just nature run amok. 
But the Bible tells us that there is another reason. As we reach the climax of this earth's end-time events, we can expect to hear about and see great tsunamis and hurricanes. In Luke chapter 21, it says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. These awesome displays of power represent a spiritual message for us in the lands where they occur. God wants us to learn a lesson. This lesson is that spiritual laws are like natural laws. If we break them, they have dire consequences in our lives. We ignore them at our peril. The generation that survived the Great Depression and the Second World War was a humble and moral people by and large. The next generation were awash with peace, prosperity and sadly permissiveness. Unlike those who went before, this generation rejected the values and standards that their fathers and mothers had fought and died for. They kicked the traces. They made their own rules, and those were few and far between. They have a concern about protecting baby seals in the Arctic, but protecting baby humans, it seems for some, was not as important. Now, 50 years later, we are paying the piper, and this piper is demanding a high price. For some, the price is sexually transmitted diseases, or it's children who do not know their real fathers. It's foreclosures on home loans that could never be paid back. It's people who do not know right from wrong or good from bad. The decisions they made just came down to what seemed good to them at the time. You do not have to look far to see the end result of 50 years of greed and moral compromise. When we do not act on principle, we act on personal perceptions. What about you? Are you caught up in the moral trap of chasing your tail and not knowing what is going to come after you next? There is a solution, and it's a real answer to your problems. It's going to take courage and a change in the way you live. But then again, we sometimes come to the point where we really do want to change. We know that if we don't, life may not be what we know it can be. So we can present you with a solution. And if you would like to talk to one of our representatives, we can put you in touch with them. Call the number that you will find inside the cover of the booklet that we are offering today. The offer for today is Prophecy Fulfilled, God's Hand in World Affairs. Now, we will not contact you unless you ask us to do so. We will not pass on your address to a third party, and we do not pressure anyone to join an organization. It's totally up to you to call us. Be sure to join us again next week when Roderick Meredith and Richard Ames will cover important topics of interest to you and the good news of tomorrow's world. Wallace Smith and I will also address biblical issues that will help you in your life. Our aim is to give you Bible answers to important questions that you may have so join us again next week at the same time, and until then, goodbye, friends. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.